Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Good morning and live from New York. This is Breakfast with Game Changers. And as the good man said, I am Bonnie D. Graham. What's for breakfast, you ask? Well, here's what's on the menu. We serve you food for game-changing business thought. Yes, that is a mouthful. And you get to pour your own favorite breakfast brew. Think BYOC, bring your own cup, or BYOM, bring your own mug. Okay, what am I drinking for breakfast today? Well, I've swapped my usual mug of hot mocha decaf skim with light whip. Dan Mahold, my first guest, knows what I'm talking about, for a cup of cool, sweet, refreshing apple juice. Keep that in mind. Why? Because our breakfast menu today is the iGeneration, taking your company data mobile. It's really just another way of saying the consumerization of IT. Let me explain this a little before I introduce my first two guests. According to Forrester Research, nearly 60% of all corporate employees share, access, and manage content outside the office. And guess what? That number is constantly growing. Workers are no longer lugging around their laptops. Mobile computing is soaring, and a mobile strategy is no longer a nice-to-have for any company, including yours, if you're listening. It's an absolute business necessity. Let's take a look at an example. Everybody loves case studies. SearchCIO.com reports that in 2007, that's just four years ago, Ford Motor Company started exploring a BYOD, Bring Your Own Device program, for more than 70,000 salaried employees. If you close your eyes and think about 70,000 people walking in the door to work with their own devices, it is massive. Just two years later, in 2009, Corporate and individual libel device programs have been introduced to Ford employees in 20 countries. I don't know how things work in your company, but that seems extremely fast to me. When asked why this was happening, Randy Nunes, senior network engineer at Ford's Mobile Computing IT Enterprise Technology Research Division, said it was caused by what's happening in the corporate environment, especially around the concept of consumerization of IT. Instead of technology being brought in from a corporate standpoint and people just using it, People are starting to be able to bring in these types of technologies from their personal lives. They have direct access to technology, and it's affordable. They can use it, and they assimilate it faster than the corporate environment. So we have a lot of people with their own smartphones today, and they just want to enable those devices in their work life as well as their corporate life. So you're probably thinking, okay, Bonnie, how does this affect me? Well, if you consider your business B2B or B2C, I think you might have to consider C to B, consumer to business. The consumer as your worker, your staff, your personnel are driving an important part of your business model today. Now, how did this all start? I think it goes back to one person. He was responsible for the existence of the iGeneration and the consumerization of IT. Of course, it's the late Steve Jobs, Apple founder, and uniquely attuned cultural visionary. Steve passed away last week, the same day as we debuted the show, October 5th. And now you know why I'm drinking apple juice today. Long way around. I'd like to bring on my first two guests. They're on the line waiting breathlessly to chime in with their own RIP to Steve Jobs. Please help me welcome, I hear all the applause, Dan Mahold, Vice President, Enterprise Mobility at SAP Americas, and Jack Gold, Founder and President at J. Gold Associates, a technology industry analyst firm. And Jack 
Jack has 40 years in the computer and electronics industries. I'm out of breath. Dan Mahol, Jack Gold, welcome both. How are you this morning? Doing well, thank you. Good, good. Doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having us. Wonderful. My pleasure. So, Dan, you were my opening guest last week, and I appreciated you sat with me the whole hour, and we just chewed on the idea of what is a game changer? Who are they? What's the DNA? So why don't you go first and give us a little bit of your RIP Steve Jobs. Am I right that he was the reason we have this consumerization of IT topic today, Dan? Well, he certainly was was very influential. I think there's, you know, of, of different visionaries that really drove us to, to where we are today, but uh, for all of us at, at SAP, he's a you know holds a very special place in in you know in certainly in our DNA and in our hearts, and and we are a, a very strong partner with this company and have some great relationships with the people that 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 work um, you know at Apple and Cupertino and then around the world and. Uh, you know, we we got together because you know it was it was very melancholy when when we heard the news, and mm-hmm. you know I think we, we all agreed that that this this man had a spectacular life, and the things that that he did for you know for us and and you know for the the consumer world and the business world were were just absolutely spectacular, and um, you know very very sad uh, to, to, you know to you know what happened in that situation but we're so truly grateful for you know all the things that that he brought so um you know he'll be missed big time yes and we have our i generation now i'd like to welcome someone new to the show jack e gold from j gold associates hi jack how are you today and where are you calling from i'm doing well bonnie thank you i'm actually out in san diego at a uh telephone uh, mobile telephone trade show ctia well, how coincidental is that? And I will ask Dan in a second, but I need to ask you, Jack, what are you drinking for breakfast this morning? Uh, I'm good. I'm just having a cup of coffee. You know, I went in early, um, could have stayed out partying in the Gaslight District here in San Diego, but I decided that, you know, I needed to sound rational and sane for your show this morning. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that. What's your take on RIP Steve Jobs, Jack Gold? I, look, I think... Um, I, it's hard to describe what he actually did for the industry, uh, going back for, for a number of years. If, if I had to sum it up, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, but um, mm-hmm. he did a lot for the industry. But if I had to sum it up, I, I, I'd say that what Steve Jobs did was basically take technology and make it human. Uh, he looked at technology with a different eye. He was one of the first uh, major companies at, at Apple, of course. He drove it, but Apple was one of the first major companies to look at a device and say, okay, the technology is great. We've got all these chips and we've got all these screens and we've got all these keyboards and we've got all this other stuff in there. How do we humanize it? How do we make it easy mm-hmm. to use? How do we make the design user-friendly? He, he was the, the guy who went out and hired designers rather than engineers, not that he didn't have yes. engineers, of course to make this more humanistic. So that's really what's driven the technology that Apple's pushed into the marketplace. And in the mobile space, it started with the iPhone. Uh, The iPhone set a new paradigm. You know, we use paradigm a lot, but it really did. It was about usability first and about technology second, whereas the other stuff was was the other way around. Um, And so I think that's really what we owe Steve Jobs more than anything is the vision to understand that we're all humans, we have to interact with this technology, and it's it's got to be easy and, and easy to learn. And 
fun. I like that approach. I like that approach a lot. And I think that's what drives people to come knocking on the door of their workplace, whether it's virtual or in person, and say, hello, employer, sir or ma'am. I have this device. It's really cool. It's part of my lifestyle. I want to take it to work, and I want you to enable it. Let's play together in the iGeneration sandbox as well as Numerable, innumerable numbers of other devices. We have other smartphones. We have uh, tablets. We have USB drives. Anything where data and voice can come and go into or out of a company. Now, with your permission and with Dan's, I want to read a couple of the RIPs I found online. I googled RIP Steve Jobs. That's simple. And what came up in the top 10 was really amazing to me. Of course, Apple was at the top, but a Chicago Sun-Times reporter wrote, yesterday, I lived in a world with Steve Jobs in it. Tonight, I don't. That's truly how I feel right now. Jack, how's that for humanizing something, right? Uh, absolutely. People either, well, the truth is people either love Steve Jobs or hated him <laughs> for, for a variety of different reasons. But uh, this is uh, an icon that, that's passed, and, and people feel a loss. Exactly. And and to bring it even down to a more human level, I don't know if you both heard of Perez Hilton. His real name is Mario Armando Lavandiera, Jr., and he's a celebrity blogger to the stars, and he called Steve Jobs a mastermind. He said, one of the greatest visionaries of our times. And we're talking Hollywood. We're not talking standard corporate America here. So that's another way. Now, here's an interesting comment I read from Robert Hoff, who is a contributor to Forbes.com. He said, you can't deny that Jobs was a master marketer. He managed over 30 plus years to prove again and again <laughs> how lame just about every other technology company is at telling customers why they should buy their products. And he even cited the chairman of JetBlue, Joel Peterson, who said in the end, Apple delights customers, enriches its shareholders and employees, provides opportunities for growth and development. But here's what I wanted to read that I think goes exactly with Jack Gold said, and I'm going to ask Dan Mahol to comment on this when I'm done. IO9, the number 9.com, wrote, Jobs was never just a technologist. He always seemed to start with a social or cultural question and tried to answer it with technology. That's why we have to remember him not as a technology innovator, but as a cultural producer. He knew computers weren't just for spreadsheets. They are toolkits for artists and entertainment boxes for people who love music and movies. In that sense, his vision for computers was very science fictional. He didn't imagine the devices as ends in themselves, but as part of our everyday lives. We'd wear them on our wrists, slip them into our purses for a walk in the park. Computers would be part of us, and we would be part of them. Dan Mahol, what do you think of that? Well, I think he's right. I mean, if, if, if you use Apple technology, I mean, I think the first thing you, you notice is, is what it's doing for you and, and how it's helping you gather information or do some task in your life, and, and it's, it's, you know, very fluid with, 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 you know, how you operate. So I think the... You know that that's tricky in technology because there's lots going on behind the scenes. But but you know they certainly spent a lot of time and made that experience magical. Magical is a good word. By the way, Dan Mahol, what are you drinking this morning? Uh, I'm sticking with coffee, <laughs> just coffee. So I'm good to go. There's no such thing as just coffee. Give me a flavor. Give me a color. Give me a strength. Where's well, it in, from? Uh, Any... San Jose, California today, and uh, there's a, just a nice little boutique bakery next door. So I just went in and got a drip caffeinated coffee, and it's it's awesome. 
See, there you go. I knew there was more to the story than that. I think we're just about ready to take our first break in a minute. I just want to welcome everybody again to Breakfast with Game Changers. We're serving up the topic of the consumerization of IT. If you're in a big business, a mid-sized business, a little business, don't close your eyes to this. If it hasn't walked in the door yet, you're going to have to deal with it sooner or later, and I'm guessing sooner. When we come back, we're going to welcome two more guests, Dan Ortega, Senior Director of Product Management and Marketing for Enterprise Mobility for Sybase, an SAP company. He's going to join us for discussion of devices. And we're going to welcome Neil Hooper, SAP VP for Mobility as well. And he will be part of the devices as well. So I think we're going to go to our first break. Why don't you pour another cup, Jack Gold and Dan Mahold, and I'll join you back on the other side. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with a passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. No family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio. Host Deb Bixler brings you sales tips, lead generation systems, and best business practices that guarantee direct sales success. Whether you're looking for a little extra cash or a career change, The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio, will give you proven systems that will work in your home business. The Cash Flow Show. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. 
And welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. By the way, we're here live on Voice America Radio, the business channel, every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. And we love being here because we have so much good information to share. And as our announcer said, we'd love to hear from you either at my email address, which was already given, or tweet us. We have people monitoring a live tweet stream right this very second, real time. CB and Malcolm are watching out for your questions, your comments at pound sign SAP Radio. It's that simple. We're all in a Twitter world, so let's do it. Okay, I'm still with my first two guests, Dan Mahold from SAP and Jack Gold, and we're going to bring to the – hey, guys, would you help me please stretch the table out? We're going to put a leaf in. Can you do that, Dan Mahold, for me? Can we stretch the table a little bit? I'm on it. Okay, good. And, Jack, you can pull over on the other side there. We're going to stretch the table, and we're going to welcome two other experts to the show, Dan Ortega, Senior Director of Product Management and Marketing for Enterprise Mobility for Sybase and SAP Company. Welcome, Dan Ortega. How are you? Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And let's also welcome another expert from SAP, Neil Hooper, who is an SAP Vice President for Mobility, SAP America's Strategic Industries Retail financial services, healthcare, and public services. Neil, welcome. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for asking me to join. What are you drinking, Neil Hooper? Well, I've already had two coffees and a V8, (laughs) and now I'm sliding into just some water. Oh, well, guy, you're uh, okay. That's good to know. It's really breakfast. (laughs) Where are you calling from, by the way? I am calling from SAP America's headquarters in Newtown Square, just outside of Philadelphia. Lovely. So you and I are probably geographically the closest this morning. And Dan Ortega, what are you drinking for breakfast, and where are you located this morning? Well, at the risk of devastating my reputation as a dude, I'm having hazelnut coffee, and I'm calling (laughs) from Dublin, California. Dan O., you will forever be a dude for us. Don't worry about it. So I'd like to kick off devices. How big is that topic? Dan Ortega, why don't you start us off, and then we'll play ping pong with everybody on the show and get everybody's POV, you know, point of view. Dan Ortega, devices, what does that mean to me? Well, you've got to think of the scale of what's being addressed here. I mean, there are over 6 billion mobile devices in play globally right now. Right, That's almost one for every man, woman, and child. Now, there are some countries where people carry multiple devices, but the number itself, I mean, it's, it's so big that it's hard to grasp. Uh, now, mm-hmm. there's been a shift recently. A lot of these phones, especially in developing countries, are feature phones, not smartphones. And a mm-hmm. smartphone, to me, is a misnomer because it's not really a smartphone. It's a computer that fits in your pocket. Um, this trend was started by the introduction of the iPhone a few years back, and it yes. really kind of honed down to the base of what we're trying to do. The, the whole purpose of a smartphone is the compelling event, and the compelling event is the application, right? Nobody buys an iPhone to make phone calls. They buy an iPhone mm-hmm. to surf the web to look at apps, and there's lots of cool apps out there. So That's right. the whole notion of what a phone is has actually shifted very rapidly, and it's been a very recent shift, and it's been very pervasive. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, again, the whole model has changed, um, and it is now really, in my opinion, a really nice little computer that fits in your pocket, and we're starting to see an explosion of that because it's useful. Everybody wants their hands on the shiny object, and Steve Jobs was the first to basically introduce the shiny object, and of course, everybody since has followed suit and has completely changed the market dynamic for how people communicate with each other and access resources that exist on, on the net. I have to agree because I'm an avid movie goer, as I told Dan Mahold on last week's show. And I will tell you, in the movie theater I go locally here on Long Island in New York, just before the trailers come on, 
Do you think people are talking? No. Do you think they're eating popcorn? No. They're sitting looking at their, pardon me, smartphones doing something because they can get 3G or Wi-Fi in the theater, and they're maybe looking up something about the movie or the actors, or they're checking their email. So it is everywhere we go. Now let's add Neil Hooper into this conversation. Neil, devices, what's your perspective? Well, it's an incredibly exciting market to be associated with. There are some amazing stories going on right now, all going on right now, all around us. Things like Samsung posting 421% year-over-year growth in sales of phones. Last mm-hmm. quarter, Apple posted 142% year-over-year growth. Ooh. Google buying Motorola to come up with a new, a whole new solution on the horizon, and new entrants such as Amazon with their Kindle Fire. It is, it's complex. But it's exciting, and it's giving consumers choice. Mm-hmm. I, and that's probably one of the most interesting things about what's, what's happening in the market. Back in the good old days, there, a phone was a phone, and then we introduced text messaging. Now yes. there is an incredible amount of choices from device to device and operating system to operating system. How do you think people decide? Do you think I know this is a little off topic, but if we talk about consumerization of IT and we talk about the vast array of devices that might walk in the door of your company today, last week or next week, how do people decide? Is it peer pressure? Is it whoever has the biggest advertisements and and the prettiest girl on the TV ad for what you're supposed to buy? Or is it is it a very personal thing like, "Oh, it fits in my hand" or "I really like the color." How do you think people choose those devices that they ultimately want to bring to work, Neil? Well, Bonnie, that is an excellent question. And if there was a crisp answer to that, the phone manufacturers would be all over it. But the, <laughs> the, the interesting thing about the answer is that it's all of the, all of the above and more. Um, you didn't mention apps in there, but there's, you know, some people are making choices based on the types of apps that they're seeing their mm-hmm. friends use, be it from the sure. app store or the marketplace or, or other sources. And I yeah. think the, what we've been witnessing here at SAP is that how people make their decisions has been changing quarter to quarter. And, and again, that's what makes it so exciting. And it, the, the fun thing about this is Microsoft really hasn't even entered in a big way yet. I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see the next few releases from Microsoft as they attempt to revolutionize the phone space as well. So it's going to be nothing but confusing and exciting and, and letting consumers choose based on all those features that you talked about as well as many yeah. come. And interesting that while I didn't mention apps, you mentioned the apps their friends are using. So that's the civilization, the culture, the connectivity, the connectedness. And connectedness is part of what they want to do when they bring their devices to work. Uh, I'm going to interject here. We had a question from a listener who emailed me before the show. This is a little bit in the weeds, guys, but I'm going to ask Dan M., Dan Mahold, to answer this just so we can address. And I want to thank Jonathan and I will use his first initial K, uh, DP and analytical support. I want to answer Jonathan's question. How are you looking to handle Flash Excelsius dashboards on the iPad and iPhone? Thanks for the question, Jonathan. Dan Mahold, brief answer? Yeah, Jonathan, thanks for the question for sure. So what, what we did was we rebuilt a product called eViews that uh, provides the Excelsius experience on the iPad and gets around the flash issue. So those of you that have ever tried to hit a website with Safari on an iPad or an iPhone know, know that flash doesn't function. So we, mm-hmm. we had to really get to work quickly because a lot of our customers use this, this technology 
and give them an option so that they could, you know, enjoy that that great user experience, you know, on on an Apple device. Bonnie, thank this you. Is, yes, this is Jack. If I could just uh, sure, Jack. Love here. to hear from you. Tell us, talk uh, around the devices. One of the things that companies and, and and users need to think about is that, you know, in the past when we talked about PCs, the average life of a PC, uh, useful life of a PC, was three to four years. In some cases, mm-hmm. a little bit longer. What we're seeing out in the marketplace now is that for a phone, even a fairly relatively expensive phone, a three or four hundred dollar phone, the mm-hmm. average life of a phone in the marketplace is twelve to eighteen months. And wow! So what, what that's doing? Yeah, absolutely. Wow! What <laughs> wow. that's doing is uh, it's it's accelerating the replacement curve to the extent that users who go out and buy a device now think about it not as oh I'm going to have this for a long time. But think about it as almost a throwaway. So, yeah, I, I will buy what, you know, Dan tells me he uses and loves because, you know, I trust Dan's opinion. But I also know that if I don't like it, it's not the end of the world. I'm only going to have it for a year, year and a half, maybe two years if I you right. know, want to get it uh, based on what my carrier will subsidize for me. But the cost sure. of these things is coming down so dramatically that people don't feel obligated to keep them for a long period of time. And so there's going to be a lot more experimentation. There's going to be a lot more variety. And if I don't happen to like a particular device, guess what? So what? Get rid That's of it. right. Go buy another one. That's- well, you're almost adding, for me, Jack, you're adding the concept of a fashion accessory. Excuse me. It's like, well, what's the fashion, as we've all said, that my friends, my peers, my coworkers are having? What would I want to take out of my briefcase, my back pocket, my handbag, my backpack? What do I want to be seen with? We didn't really talk about that. What identifies you in the device you use? You know, you go to work. Are you dressed the way the corporate culture is? Are you a game changer in your corporate culture? What do you want to have on your desk and in your hand when you take out that device? So I would imagine that plays into everything we've been hearing right now is that it's not a big risk to buy one if you don't like it and everybody else has the other device. You can always get it and you can probably afford it. Would you agree with that, Jack? Uh, I absolutely agree, and, and let me give you an example. You know, three or four sure. years ago, maybe five years ago now, uh, the, the in-device, the in-smart device to have was a BlackBerry. Now, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't have BlackBerrys. I don't want to, you know, uh, simply say that BlackBerry is going away. But everyone who is anyone had BlackBerry, and they were they, were, they showed it, right? I've got a BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool. Today, you if you look at it, it's the iPhone, and increasingly becoming Android devices as well. Um, some of the Android devices are very cool. So it's absolutely true that some of this is about status and not just about the capabilities of the device. People assume that the device will have some minimal amount of capability that they need to get things done. It'll have a browser. It'll have apps. It'll have messaging. And, yeah, you can make phone calls on it if you have to. <laughs> uh, but it's more than that. <laughs> Yeah, wow. that's that's kind of the least – everybody at, at SAP, I know where I work, is saying, pick up the phone once in a while and call somebody. You know, texting is great, IM is great, email is wonderful, but for goodness sake, connect. And that's why we're all here on, on Voice America Radio today for Breakfast with Game Changers. We're about to go out on our break. When we come back, we're going to get into the vast world, the jungle, if you will, of apps. And I'm going to read a little case study of an anonymous worker named Bob who is out shopping on a Saturday and passes a 
wireless store. Let's see what happens when we talk about Bob, when we come right back on the other side. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Breakfast with Game Changers. We've all got a cup full of something good today, and I'm drinking apple juice in honor of R.I.P. Steve Jobs. Don't go away. There's a lot more when we come back. Hang tight. Bye-bye. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. And welcome back. When we ended our first half, I was introducing a fictitious character named Bob. He's a worker in a big company, and it's Saturday. Bob is out shopping. He walks past a wireless store, and he sees a promotion for the newest smartphone. The phone costs $99. It has a two-year contract renewal, and Bob's current contract, surprise, surprise, is up. What does he do? He walks in, renews his contract, and he gets himself this fabulous new phone that all of his coworkers and peers and everybody are going to just love. He also adds a data plan, so he gets mobile email. He downloads ringtones. He puts it on his personal credit card, and he can't wait to get home and install all those apps. Tuesday, three days later, 
Bob fills out an expense report. He asks for company reimbursement for the phone and the plan upgrade. Guess what? His manager says, okay. And every month thereafter, Bob expenses his cell phone bill, including the ringtone downloads, the text messaging, the roaming, the personal calls, and so forth. Now, when we move a little farther into this topic, we're going to talk a little bit about who actually owns the phone, who owns the phone number, who owns the contract? What applications is Bob authorized to use? I didn't say enabled to use, but authorized to use. Who pays for the device and the services? And who manages Bob's services at the company and what's going on on the phone? So let's get back with my special guest today. We have Dan Mahold, Dan Ortega, and Neil Hooper from SAP. And we have Jack Gold from J. Gold Associates. So let's talk about the apps that Bob might want on his phone. How many millions of apps are out there, did we say? Who wants to start this one? Um, if you look at the consumer apps, the number, the last number that I saw across a number of different, there's 29 portals uh, that provide applications. Some are carrier-based, mm-hmm. some are device manufacturer-based, uh, like iTunes. But the total number that I saw was about 1.7 million. But that's everything. Yes. If you take the business component of it, it's probably yes. about 20%. It's a much smaller number, but it's a much more rapidly growing number. And it's still a very large number. Dan Mahold, any thoughts on apps? Thank you, Dan O. That was Dan Ortega. Dan yeah. Mahold. Yeah, Bonnie, I think that there's there's this is a great opportunity for, for us in business because, you know, this is the future. And, you know, we're, we're scrambling, and, and I think companies are, to, to really release a suite of applications that, that, you know, are on par with the experience that consumer apps provide but also do some critical business functions so so businesses you know <clears throat> can get the job done and you know one thing i want to revisit a little bit on the device is you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of of chaos certainly around you know what do we do with all these employees that show up and and want to connect to the network yes if you look at the corporations you know and in really any corporation or or business you know spends a lot of money and time and energy and so forth on their Infrastructure. So they build mm-hmm. portals that provide companies or employees with information about their products and their services and their go-to-market strategy and so forth. So I think this story has a, has a very happy ending because a lot of these folks that that have these phones prior to the to, to the ability to connect weren't weren't you know didn't have read, ready access you know to this to this huge bank of information and capability. Mm-hmm. And so when we sort through all the security issues and figure out, you know, what, what, what devices we allow to connect, you know, when we work through all that, and the industry will work through that, you know, the, the, the return on investment to the, to the business is going to be tremendous because we're now going to be able to connect our employees into these massive investments we've made in infrastructure and information and portals and so forth, and we're going we're gonna to embrace you know, a much larger population of our employee base to, to really bring, bring benefit to, you know, our, our, our vision and our strategy and our go-to-market plans. Exactly. And Jack Gold, you want to weigh in on this, the, the divide or the, shall we call it, the continuum of devices to apps? What's happening in your world? Yeah, I, I think I, I, this is a, a very interesting area because uh, there, there's a lot of activity and there's a lot of change. So uh, there's a a huge number of apps out there for, for iPhones and Androids and Blackberries and all the rest. I would argue, by the way, that 90% of them no one would want to buy, but that's a whole different uh, discussion. Uh, but even if you look at what is available from a consumer perspective, and, and I'll get to the business side in a moment, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. people will go out and buy uh, an iPhone or an Android device will go out and buy apps for it. It, it. it comes without saying. They're cheap. They're 99 cents. They're $1.99. Maybe they're $3.99 if you get a really hot app. And I'll use it for a week, and if I don't like it, it's gone. I, you know, I trash mm-hmm. it. It's 99 cents. Big deal. It's less than a cup of coffee. Sure. That's right. Uh, that's not the case, of course, when you're talking about business apps. And so uh, the notion of disposable apps uh, in, in an app store from a consumer perspective, to me, means if I don't like the app, I can get rid of it. You can't do that in business. So businesses need to get much better at providing users with the kind of app experience they expect from, a con- from the consumer space. Um, and, and I think we've all kind of touched a little bit on, on that uh, already. Dan was just talking about it as well. Uh, it means that enterprises who start putting out apps for these devices that are kludgy and work badly and take forever to load and mm-hmm. don't give me the kind of information I need to get my job done, uh, it just aren't going to make it. They're going to get users coming back and, and basically pounding on the organization, IT in the organization, saying, mm-hmm. this app just doesn't solve my needs. You've got to give me something better. You can't simply take a PC app and throw it on a device and, and assume, you know, on a reduced screen with reduced input capability and assume it's going to meet the customer needs or the user's needs. It's got to be uh, architected and designed specifically for these small form factor devices where the screen real estate's limited, the amount of input I can put into it is limited, the amount of time I spend in it is no more. If, if, if I can't get into an application on my smartphone and do what I need to do in, in less than 20 or 30 seconds, I'm not going to use it. So there is a broad range of issues around business apps, whether it's a smartphone or, or a little different on tablets, but it still uh, it generally holds that it's, about, it's, it's as much about usability and design for the workflow I need to get done as it is about the capabilities of the app. And many companies just aren't doing a very good job at that. Interesting. I'm, I'm um, going to ask Neil Hooper for his input in just a second. Dan, Dan Ortega, I want to quote you. I have your blog in front of me, and I want to quote you on exactly what I think Jack is talking about, if you forgive me for this. You say in your Enterprise Apps Learning to Share that you wrote this week on October 11th, in an enterprise mobile ecosystem of user-supplied devices, enterprise apps and data will very likely be sharing space and resources with various kinds of personal content. Will the device owner take so many pictures or videos with the onboard camera that there won't be enough memory left for mobile business apps to function effectively? So, Jack, that goes along with what you're saying. Is there's a we're hearing a personal responsibility? What does the company say to its employees? By the way, this is going to eat up this much memory, and you better have it available on your device. Dan Ortega, since you wrote this blog, why don't you jump in, and then we'll ask Neil to to dive in on this as well. Dan. Well, so there's a set of governance policies that corporations have to put in place that define how employees can can use the device to what level they can access. You know, to to reinforce the point that Jack was making earlier, you know, the issue for these apps is, you know, we're not talking about angry birds. I mean, we're talking about apps that are used to access complex back-end systems. So it isn't, you know, you have to go in, there's configuration, there's IP hopping, there's all kinds of technical stuff that you have to get through because you're basically accessing uh, sensitive data behind a corporate firewall. So the whole notion of applications on a mobile device is different when you step into a corporate setting. The consumer space is easy, and then Jack is correct. You know, I, I spend a buck, I don't like it, it's gone. Of but course. this is not that. You don't have the option of throwing it away. And so one of the things that we are pushing on very heavily now is if you download an app, a corporate app, it has to be configured automatically because the end user is not generally going to be technical. 
right? You that's, download a complex CRM app for a sales rep. They're not going to know how to get through the firewall, how to reconfigure the IP hopping. It has to be done, and it can't be done by uh, a sales engineer because what happens when you want to download, say, 25 apps to 7,000 devices at the same time? Right? Yep. This has to be done automatically. So the automatic configuration and enablement of the application on the device is something that has to be put in place if you want this widespread adoption. You can't rely on the end users to do this because they don't have the right skill set. They don't know. That's right. Neil Hooper, chime in. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I guess I would just like to, to take it up a level briefly, Bonnie. The, the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is that all of this that we're talking about right now is happening right now. There have been well over 6 billion downloads of apps to smartphones across the world. So, you know, you could say every man, woman, and child has already downloaded at least one app. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every, the difference between today and, and just a couple of years ago is that every single university grad coming out of college right now has a smartphone and runs part of their life on apps on their phone. Exactly. So all of this is, we aren't waiting for it to happen. It has happened. And I would say to Bob's employer, if you think about everything that's been said over the last segment, Bob's employer needs some policies. They need some mm-hmm. control. It's great that, they're, that Bob's employer is getting a return on investment on the, on the way that they're allowing Bring Your Own Device, but we do need to work with Bob's employer to make sure that they've got some systems to control it. Um, I, I work in, my customers are generally in regulated industries, in the financial sector, in the federal government, in, you know, um, banks and healthcare providers, et cetera. And, I, you know, it is, is my job to work with these companies to make sure that there is governance and they are applying technology as well as taking advantage of all these apps that are out there. Sounds like the job of IT has gotten exponentially greater and more critical, more time-sensitive. It's not something you just decide on Monday and you put a policy in place and you have apps that are regulated and understanding of what data comes in and out and authorizations and everything. It's just not going to happen quickly. Uh, Anybody want to answer me, how long does it take to put together a corporate mobility policy? (laughs) <laughs> I think there's a better question, Bonnie. This is Jack. And that Hi, is Jack. how many companies actually have a policy in place? Our research indicates that uh, better than 50% of companies that we talk to don't really have a mobile strategy, not just a policy. So that, that can be done, but a mm-hmm. real strategy around mobility in the organization that talks about all the kinds of things that we've just been talking about. And importantly, an, an area that this could be a, a show in and of, of, of itself uh, the issue of security. How do I make sure that my corporate information doesn't leak out of Jack's device and expose me to all kinds of fines and lawsuits and all the rest? Good point, Jack. And, and, it, and people who are listening to or, or who have gone to the show page here at Voice America Business Channel saw that that was one of the topics we were going to cover. So I'm glad you brought that up is what happens to your corporate data? It's flying in and out of your walls. Where are your walls? What kind of devices is it on? Who's using it? What's their level of responsibility? Do they respect the rules of the road? The road is a mobile, a vast virtual road now of where data is going and who is in possession of your trust ed company data, what are they going to do with it? And I imagine that security is a huge top of mind subject for attorneys, for corporate counsel, for uh, regulate regulatory, for compliance, for what in the heck is happening? Where did it go? Right? 
Who's got right, it? Where did it go? What are they going to do with it? Who else is going to see it? We are ra- ready to wrap here. I got 30 seconds on the clock, according to our engineer at Voice America. So I think we're just going to go out now and we're going to come back on the other side with wrap up. We're going to hear from Dan Mahol, Dan Ortega, Jack Gold, and Neil Hooper. We're going to touch back a little bit on this question of corporate responsibility, corporate strategy in the consumerization of IT. Everybody will get a minute to wrap up on what your favorite part of this topic has been, and I'll do a couple of thank yous and talk about what's coming up on next week's show. So let's say, let's take it away. Everybody pour another cup. I'm going back for more apple juice. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Breakfast with Game Changers presented by SAP. We'll see you on the other side. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. Okay, breakfast is almost over. The table is filled. I've got Dan Mahol, Dan Ortega, Neil Hooper from SAP, and Jack Gold from J. Gold Associates. We're talking now, segueing into the topic of corporate oversight on where your data is going, the devices your employees are using, the apps you're giving them. How do the apps get there? Is the data safe? Do people know what in the heck to do with them? The efficiency... 
Guys, one topic we didn't talk about, really not on our agenda, but I just have to bring it up very, very quickly in this final segment, work-life balance. Does this consumerization – oh, you're laughing. We all know what the heck is work-life balance, right, Dan, Dan, Jack, and, and Neil? Is it out the window now that we've said, okay, bring your favorite device to work, and you could take the work home with you on the train, on the plane, on vacation? Is there any such thing as work-life balance anymore? Dan Mahold, you chime in on this, please. Uh, I'm, I mean, of course there is, in, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I think a lot of that is a personal choice. And you bet. You know, we, we, the world is going to continue to provide new ways and new tools and new processes and so forth, and that, that probably will never change. And I think that, that you know, we, we, we tend to do a lot of work uh, depending on who you are and where you are and what you're working on at that current moment. But... You know, that personal choice is always there for people. And I think that, that, you know, this, this new level of access, which is, you know, literally, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You got it. Provides some challenges in that regard. But, um, you know, I think people need to make that choice for themselves. Well, Dan, I think if you think of the old phrase, be careful what you ask for, you might get it. That could be it. Uh, why don't you weigh in on this next? Uh, Jack Gold, what do you think of this? Work-life balance, possible, or are we tr throwing it away in favor of bringing your devices to work and bringing them home? I wouldn't know. I have no life. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I well, do I have a life. And, and guess what, folks? People forget. That no matter what the device is, whether it's a BlackBerry or an iPhone or an Android or your laptop, they do have on-off switches. You can turn ah. these things off. Now, most people don't. Most people are addicted. Uh, you know, if I don't get an email if, for five minutes, I think there's something wrong with the system. You know, the, the network's down or something. But, but the truth is that in some cases, this technology actually can make the, the life-work balance better. Because think about what happens if... Uh, you know, I have to take my kid to a soccer game, or I have to stay home with a sick kid, or, uh, you know, I have to be somewhere, or I have yeah. to uh, call in from, you know, San Diego because I'm, I'm traveling when I'm normally working in Boston. The technology does provide us with a great deal of benefit. It's all in how you balance it. It's like That's everything else. Technology yep. is just technology. It's all in how we use it. Good perspective. Neil Hooper, what do you think about work-life balance and consumerization of IT? Well, you know, I think I think we should all embrace the the new wave of technology that's <clears throat> upon us. Uh, you know, when I when I go to the beach on the weekends with my family, I would much rather bring my iPad than my laptop. I, I actually think you know this work life balance thing has been an ongoing uh, concern ever since the invention of the the laptop, and I think technology is getting better and less intrusive in our lives. So I like it. that perspective. Very good. Dan Ortega, what do you think? Weigh in with us here. I think the whole model has shifted. I mean, you know, the, the big takeaway for me is we live in an era where we are surrounded by information. In fact, infinite information. The world's knowledge is at our fingertips. It surrounds us everywhere we go. All of us right now sitting in our desks at our offices are surrounded by infinite knowledge, and all we have to do to access it is swipe our finger across a piece of glass that conveniently fits in our pocket. Right? We live in the That's world right. in a world now where everybody is an instant expert. It changes the way you think, it changes the way you work, it changes the way you interact with your peers, with your job, with everything. Right? That's the new model. So there's been a shift in the balance, um, but you know, is it a good or bad thing? I don't know. I mean no one we've no one has ever had access to this much information this easily before. So we've got a whole new cultural fabric we have to figure out. 
Good point. And, and another technology that's being used right this very second is me on a headset with a USB plug into my Mac and I'm on Skype. That allowed me to have four call-in guests, the four of you. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had all of you at the table. So we're talking about total mobility. I'm nowhere near Voice America in Tempe, Arizona. Are you kidding me? I'm on Long Island, New York. So it's that mobile that we can bring our voices to everybody and just take the corporate message, whatever it is. Now, I know we haven't even really barely dipped our toe in the water of corporate policy of how do you regulate this? How do you think about it? How do you strategize? I think that's another show. You all want to come back and visit with me again in a month or so? What do you think? Sure. It's a great topic. Everybody in. Yeah, it's big. It's big. And now that we've gotten all this, the cultural part out of the way, I think we can really deep dive into it. I think we have, let's see, how much time? About three minutes left. I want to do a couple of shout outs to some people I want to thank for helping us manage the show, get it on the air, and, and arranging for all of you. I want to thank Patricia Harris. Joan Sherlock, Gina Godwin. Gina, you're a godsend. You've been wonderful. Dan Mahold, you know what I'm talking about. I want to thank Wendy Ann Nesbeth and Carolyn C.B. Brock and Malcolm Kimberlin as well for all of your help and standing by on the ready and making sure everything got done. I really appreciate that. You're all wondering, Bonnie, what's coming up for breakfast next week on Breakfast with Game Changers? Well, we're going to talk about how big is big data. Uh-huh. That's going to be a big topic. We have five guests next week. I don't know how we're going to juggle them all, but we'll figure it out because mobility rocks and we'll just do it. Coming up later in the season, we are going to talk about in-memory computing. We're going to talk about real-time analytics. We're going to talk about a mobility manifesto, and I think some of you might come back for that topic. So we have, let's see, about a minute and a half left. Uh, Dan Mahol, why don't you close us out with some thoughts on consumerization of IT? I'll give you about uh, 45 seconds. Absolutely, Bonnie. So, you know, I think that uh, this is about opportunity, you know, and and there's lots of obstacles and things that we need to get right about our mobile strategies in business and about our policies and, and, you know, how we secure these devices and, and, you know, protect our intellectual property and our employee data. But, you know, as I look at this just from a personal perspective, you know, I think that that you know this this presents you know those of us in the in the technology sector with with such an amazing opportunity to really transform how we deliver you know applications and information and experiences that that we've never had before. And I think you know the the thing that's so energizing to me about my job and in, in leading mobile at, at SAP in North America is, you know, we're talking about things with customers that we've never talked about before. And and those things are very focused on how do we deliver, you know, that exceptional experience that's elegant and useful to that mm-hmm. end user. And, um, you know, we now have tools that, that are so amazing. And I think, you know, the companies that are going to win in this in this space, you know, look at this from that perspective. And, you know, the, the future is, is exceptionally bright, and, and I'm just, you know, delighted that, that I'm part of this. I like that a lot. I want to do one more quote from the Apple official statement on Rest in Peace, Steve Jobs. They said, Steve's brilliance, passion, and energy were the source of countless innovations that enrich and improve all of our lives. The world is immeasurably better 
because of Steve. So I want to close on that note, and I want to thank Dan Ortega. Thanks for sending me your blog, and thanks for weighing in on devices and apps. Really great to hear from you and appreciate your time. Anytime. Thank you. Neil Hooper, it was a pleasure to meet you. Appreciated everything you added to the conversation, and I hope you'll come back and join me again on Breakfast with Game Changers. Thank you, Bonnie. Sounds great. Thank you. And Jack Gold, wonderful to have an analyst. You've been out there 40 years. I bet you have seen amazing changes in the course of your career. Maybe we'll do that as a topic of what is happening to our world and where do we come from and where do we start and how do we cope with all of these cultural changes. Talk about game changing. You've seen it all. A lot of us have actually and thank you jack for dialing in from wherever you are and dan mahold what can i say my pal thank you bonnie appreciate it okay i'm bonnie d graham we've just finished another round of breakfast with game changers presented by sap here on voiceamerica.com the business channel we'll talk to you next week 11 a.m eastern 8 a.m pacific Find us on the Business Channel, and you can also, hey guys, there's a Voice America Network app. Find it, use it, put it on your smartphone, and carry us around. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks to Voice America. We'll talk to you next week. Over and out. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the breakfast conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign SAPRADIO. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.